It's December 15, 2021. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lam. And of course, let's jump right into our conversation about the Social Impact Incubation Program. And, a, and we have a couple of companies also here to join us. And with that, I want to welcome Stephanie Shipton. She's the director of uh, Teach for America Hawaii, and she's brought a couple of companies with her. Adele Balderson from uh, uh, 88 Block Walks and Natalie Laglagos uh, from Transformative Translation. And I want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Hi, Bert. Aloha. Thanks so much Thank for you. Us. Great. And, you know, I, I wanted to provide a little bit of background on on um, what this uh, project is all about and and this idea of uh, having a social impact incubation program. And I kind of first heard wind of it through uh, George over at uh, Hub Coworking, and, and it, it seemed like there was a pretty tight partnership between Hub Coworking and Teach for America. So, Stephanie, why don't you explain what's the, what's the relationship there and how did this project kind of get, get born out? Yeah, absolutely. So about almost three years ago now, um, at Teach for America Hawaii, we were really thinking about our our role as a, an organization that develops leaders who are trying to reinvent education. And um, we thought a lot about our educators who were launching new ventures, who were trying to make change from outside the classroom. And we started programs like our Spark and Inspire Pitch Fest and some design thinking sprints and realized that there was a gap in our local innovation ecosystem, that our educators who had prototyped these really fantastic innovations were having trouble getting from that next step of prototype to a solid business or a plan for a solid business. And around the same time, George happened to be mulling on the same issues a little bit more broadly as he looked across the membership of the hub and different folks he was talking to and we serendipitously happened to bring it up in conversation and thought, what a great opportunity to bring the entrepreneurship skills at the hub and the network there with the adult learning design expertise at Teach for America and the access to these really fantastic education entrepreneurs. And so we, we kicked it off with a pilot, and we've just finished our second cohort. We're not looking back. We're excited to go forward and move into cohort through this spring. So, Stephanie, uh, you, you know, you bring up a great point. I, I have often heard about Teach for America and, and the teachers that get placed in a variety of, of different schools. In fact, I, was, I, I remember I was, I was um, in the Marshall Islands and uh, in Marjorie, and there were a couple of uh, Teach for America teachers there. So typically, you know, I would, I would consider the Teach for America a uh, whole nonprofit uh, organization uh, as an organization that places prospective teachers, you know, throughout the uh, school system wherever. So now it's really taken a a, a different um, approach to broaden, I guess, the, the capabilities of of teachers that want to maybe go even beyond the classroom. Absolutely. I mean, we look across our network of five hundred leaders here in Hawaii alone who are making change from within their classrooms, who are school leaders, who are legislators, who are running nonprofits, who are having impact just across the board in and out of the classroom. And, you know, we know that transforming education and 
ensuring all students have access to an equitable education requires working in and outside of the classroom. So let's uh, let's get into some of the the uh, couple of companies you brought uh, with you, Adele, Adele with eighty eight block walks, and and Adele, why don't you explain a little bit about what your pathway with uh, Teach for Teach for America was? Were you did you start off in the classroom and decide you wanted to kind of a kind of branch out? Um, no, um, I actually um, I I had met George previously um, through. Um, at the hub, they hosted um, a Honolulu Soup pitching event, and I was trying to raise money for one of my tours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when I heard about the program, I started doing these multimedia walking tours, uh, taking stories from archives and out into the street and creating, you know, turning them into experiences. Um, I started doing those tours since 2014, um, but... I've been relying mostly on grant funding, and I had never, you know, I still, I still have a nine-to-five job, so I've, I'd never really been able to think through that transition to turning it into a business. Okay, okay. And so that's what drew me to the program. Yeah. Right. So, so you saw this as uh, an opportunity to um, kind of get some solid footing for uh, the, the project that you had had started, and and uh, this sort of this. I guess uh, social impact in- incubation program was something that uh, you could, could could jump in and maybe get the, a little bit of an acceleration there. Absolutely. Because this is the first program I've ever seen that focused on, you know, social impact mm-hmm. ventures. And, yeah, there's, there isn't a lot of guidance for that out there. And, and um, Natalie, with uh, Transformative Translations, what, and you're, you're uh, com- coming in from the Big Island, how did uh, what is your pathway into this particular program, and you know what was your connection with with Teach for America, uh, and and I want to ask you both. I mean, how, what what was it about the program that really attracted you to, you know, getting getting into the SIP? So, Natalie, what what is your path into this? So I am a Teach for America uh, alumna, mm-hmm. and I uh, originally started teaching the classroom about ten years ago, and. Um, went back um, between coaching teachers and being classroom teacher. Currently, I teach at Kyoto High School in Kona. And I really got interested in this program because I was part of one of their earlier programs, um, which was the Spark and Inspire, where I pitched this idea that's actually turned into a school program now. And I pitched the idea and was so excited about it. But I'm used to thinking with an educator's hat on. I really wasn't sure how to take that idea or pitch for the event. And transform it into something that I could actually call a business or a program. So the incubator program has been fantastic because it's really helped me grow my entrepreneur skills. So I can build out both the education side of the program that I have and also grow it into a sustainable business. And that's how I, I came into it was through another program that Teach for America um, sponsors. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I I remember talking about uh, Spark and Inspire a, a while back, and and so that was kind of the initial introduction to the the, the process that you've now kind of gotten uh, uh, you know knee deep in. So so Natalie, did did uh, have you come to some conclusion as to whether teaching will be the path of choice, the career of choice, or do you feel that perhaps? Uh, you know, starting starting the, this business is, is really the, you know, the path that you want to take. 
Mm, that's a difficult question uh, and one that I wrestle with. I, ever since I was little, I wanted to be a teacher. So I am actually doing what I dreamed of doing right now. However, I really see a need for a more uh, linguistically accessible community. And that's what brings me to growing the program of transformative translation. Um, long term, I can't answer that question. Yeah. Um, I imagine I will always be a teacher in some way because it's really where my heart is. Um, but it also by being a teacher and being in the classroom, I really could see how there were places and there were areas where our school wasn't accessible to students because they were being essentially linguistically excluded uh, because we communicate primarily with our school community in English when actually a large percent of our student population speaks another language at home. So is that what transformative translation is? I mean, do you do you pick a community and a, a particular language that uh, they may all be speaking and 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 try to uh, leverage that that language in providing them a means to you know bridge what might be a communication gap? Well, that's a, a piece of it. Um, transformative translation seeks to educate and employ high school students. So we're currently in our pilot year, and we are educating students on how to actually translate written communication and materials. And our goal is to teach them these skills so that they can be translators for our school and our local community. And the idea is that by bringing in students who speak the languages of our community, we can grow our community of local translators who can make our community a more welcoming and accessible place that really and truly values so in our pilot year, we're currently partnering with the College of Hawaiian Language at uh, UHC Law. Mm-hmm. We're working with Professor Scott Staff um, to actually have a course where students are learning translation. Um, and uh, it's been really fantastic to see the kids grow in their skills um, so that they can actually translate for the wider community after they practice in the classroom with us. No, oh, that's that's great. Now, uh, Stephanie, I do want to get you to explain a little bit about the program itself and what type of uh, coaches and mentors you might have been able to assemble. So, want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with uh, Stephanie Shipton from Teach for America, Adele Balderston from uh, eighty-eight Block Walks, and Natalie Lalagos from Transformative Translation. And this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Native Books and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Stephanie Shipton from uh, the folks over at Teach for America. She's the director of team initiatives, and, of course, we also have... Adele Balderston from 88 Blockwalks and Natalie Lalagos from Transformative Translation. And, of course, right before the break, we're getting a little bit of uh, details as to what uh, both 88 Blockwalks and Transformative Translation does. I wanted to get uh, Stephanie to share a little bit about the actual program. And, uh, you know, we've had many um, discussions with some of the other accelerators like, you know, like Blue Startups and Mana Up and, you know, Accelerate Hawaii. This is a little different. Uh, and I think, you know, from a social impact standpoint, 
Stephanie, what what type of coaches are you looking for, and and what are some of the uh, skills and experiences you want to help bring out with your your uh, cohort of founders? Yeah, thanks, sir. And we are definitely a different program, focusing on ventures who are a little bit more early stage, so having prototyped something, but maybe still wrestling with setting up their formal business structure, figuring out how to move forward. And we're really keenly focused on their opportunity for social impact here in Hawaii, not necessarily a profit return. And one of the the key resources in our program outside of our modules and the roughly $20,000 worth of subject matter expertise that we're able to connect our ventures with is the, the mentoring program. And we've been so fortunate to have mentors like Scott Nishimoto from Foods of Peace, Jeff Nicolina, um, formerly from Blue Planet, uh, Brent Kakasako from Hackbed. We've had Papa Oliveira and her executive coaching expertise. Um, the last cohort, we also had Gabe Amey from Rise High. And um, it's a really great group of people who are able to channel ways to help our entrepreneurs unlock what's inside of them in terms of their goals, their visions, the things that make them feel stuck, and also help them be strategic in thinking about their next steps. Um, something we like to say to our mentors is to always be sure that you're not shooting on your mentee. Um, so our approach to mentorship is very much grounded in this idea of how they can help empower the ventures they're working with. No, that's... that's um, uh... That's great, and you know, w- between you and and George, I mean, who's who's kind of the the architect designer behind this program? We are so excited and fortunate to have a fantastic partnership with the hub and with George, and we work together fifty fifty lockstep. We have um, weekly check ins and work time scheduled, and this has really been something that we've co created together. Um, as two organizations really drawing on all the different expertise and experience that we bring to the table. And and can you describe what takes place over the course of the, the five months that I think uh, Cohort 2 was together? Sure. So we start with a kickoff program where we're really grounding in setting the culture and tone of the cohort. Uh, and then we have a series of virtual modules that we've both technical skills like business finance and pitching with community building and some of the deep, almost therapy work of the things that you grapple with, with your identity as an entrepreneur and a founder. Um, And then at the end of our series of virtual sessions, we also run an external conversation cafe where our ventures are connecting with lots of potential partners. And then we fully close with a where all of our ventures have to pitch to each other mm-hmm. and then also be the investment committee to decide how our pot of $8,000 of seed funds will be distributed across their cohort. Um, in between, they're meeting one-on-one with their mentors. And then I mentioned we connect them with a network of subject matter experts who have contributed roughly $20,000 worth of time to help them one-on-one with things like business law and marketing and um, PR work and some of those more technical aspects that require that one-on-one attention. And who were some of your primary uh, seed funders, the, the folks that provided the money that uh, allowed you to award some of the companies? 
We are extremely grateful to our two sponsors, so the Hawaii Leadership Forum as our initial funder, and then the and then HPBC, who is also pre- providing financial support for different parts of the program. Oh, great! Our friends over at the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation. That's great. Now, uh, <clears throat> Adele, tell me, I mean, when you heard about this program, what did it, what was it that attracted you to it? I mean, you know, there's all kinds of well, not not all kinds, but uh, uh, what was it about the SIP that uh, got you interested in going through the application and actually participating for the you know for the last five months? Um, I I I was two 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 elements stood out to me. So the fact that it was early stage startups, mm-hmm. because I I had always you know I'd always thought that the folks who do you know blue startups and they just seem to be further along and already have like a clean, clear business plan in order to be able to get that seed funding. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I had it all together. So I was looking, I was looking for kind of a more nurturing sort of situation that would help get me to that point. Um, and then also, yes, with the social impact focus, because I, like, as, as I said earlier, I'm still interested in becoming a nonprofit ultimately, mm-hmm. but through this program, I've, you know, I set up my OLC, um, I've taken a lot of, you know, steps that in hindsight, I probably could have even done sooner, but this program just gave me like the accountability and the motivation to just, you know, move forward in this project. Yeah, that's uh, that's really kind of what the what these uh, accelerators I call them accelerators you know can help help you do, uh, and and then for um, Natalie, I mean, what was it that attracted you to the SIP program? Well, I have some friends who actually did the program before, and they spoke really highly of all of the opportunities to work with different experts that um, are provided, and also really fantastic mentorship and. Um, the mentorship has been an incredibly valuable piece of the program. And it was someone who didn't expect me to have all the answers. It was someone who believed in my vision and was able to coach me through a lot of the processes, processes that I don't really know a whole lot about. How do you actually build out a nonprofit? What does it mean to have an LLC? All these sorts of questions Mm -hmm. that I think were a reason that kept me from doing it beforehand. And so I knew someone was going to walk with me during this process. No, that, that's great. And now, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about, and, and, and Stephanie, I'll, uh, I'll save this for you, is, you know, when you start to look at some of the commercial companies and especially with uh, uh, accelerators like Blue Startups, I mean, they're looking for quite a bit of a, you know, multiplier, like a 10x or 100x potential that the company can uh, then become, you know, like a fifty million, hundred million dollar you know, company uh, within a certain period of time. So I, I do want to kind of ask you, what do you measure in terms of uh, uh, some of the companies doing social impact? So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short break to continue our conversation with Stephanie Shipton, director of team initiatives for Teach for America, along with Adele Balderston from. 88 Block Walks, and Natalie Lalagos from Transformative Translation. And, of course, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. 
Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Stephanie Shipton, director over at Teach for America, along with Adele Balderston from 88 Black Walks, Natalie Lalagos from Transformative Translation. And of course, we're talking about social impact incubation program. And right before the break, uh, I was uh, kind of teasing uh, the, the question, you know, with accelerators that are, are usually kind of measured on how much they might uh, make for their investors in terms of their their uh, multiplier, whether it be a 10x or 100x, uh, you know, annual revenue. Uh, Stephanie, I mean, what is it that that uh, got you to choose these uh, set of companies for cohort two, and what were the things that you kind of measured as as what they might do as a result of their success? We think about two kind of big buckets that we're testing as a program. Um, the first, that there's an untapped market of these early stage social impact local entrepreneurs. Um, and that within this market, there's a huge untapped submarket of educator entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And that creating this space that leaves technical business skills with community building and transformative coaching will help them really um, scale and grow in a way that allows them to reach more beneficiaries and reach more beneficiaries more deeply. Um, the other piece that we're testing is that this program has the potential to uplift the entire local innovation ecosystem by helping to support these early stage ventures. And ultimately, hopefully, they're able to participate in something like a Hawaii Investment Ready or an Elemental Accelerator um, for example, we have some ventures right from this cohort uh, who aren't here tonight, like DoCycle LLC, which is a patented new technology that improves how we compost bioplastics that is a very, very early stage, but ripe for uh, an elemental accelerator experience down the line. We also have um, our entrepreneur, Kamaka Aina Sheep, who is uplifting Maori ways of being through color and education and just doing really fantastic work in that place who maybe in the future would fit for something like a Hawaii investment ready and who has also participated in Purple Maya programming. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're really looking for how we can help support and uplift the rest of the pipeline and then how each of these ventures, because they've gotten this solid start and support from us, is able to not only deepen the number of beneficiaries they reach, but also have healthy fiscal sustainability and healthy founder sustainability. Very good. And and uh, Adele, I mean, in terms of what you've gotten out of the uh, the, the five months of Cohort 2 with the SIP program, uh, what is it that you intend to do now that you're graduated? I mean, what are some of the the things on the top of your list of priorities to to get done? Uh, For me, the next thing is really to start doing more tours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm hoping to, um, I should be offering a new tour um, in urban Honolulu at the end of February. Um, But I also do consulting work. I do, um, I create custom place knowing experiences for, um, for, private citizens, city agencies, anyone who really wants to deepen a group of people's connection to place. Um, but you can find out more about my work at 88blockwalks.com mm-hmm. or send an email to info at 88blockwalks.com. That's 88, the number 
Walk Walk, W-A-L-K-S. Great. I'll, I'll put that up on our show notes uh, uh, for later on tonight. And, and Natalie, I mean, what are, you, what are some of the first things that you're going to be doing out of, the, out of the gate? Of course, you still have to teach class, but, uh, you know, in your spare time, what, you, uh, what kind of lessons learned as a result of going through the cohort that you want to, you know, test out, apply, and, and help move things forward? Yeah, so we're currently piloting the class, and we just completed the first semester um, in partnership with UH Hilo, um, Kona High School, Kiroke High School, both of um, both high schools um, in the area took the class together, and students have been working and practicing their translation skills. And so the next step is to finish the next semester with them, but then also build out courses for next year so that students are able to get college credit um, through UH Hilo. Additionally, we really want to get the kids some more translation experience so they can build out a portfolio, and then we can have them translate materials for our school and our local community and get paid for their work. And so as we move forward into the next semester, um, things that you know, we're looking for help or assistance with are folks who have experience in translation businesses to help us set up our internal processes. So if that's you, you can get in contact with me at transformativetranslation at gmail.com. We're also looking for folks to help us build out our revenue model. And, of course, we're looking for funding as well um, in order to help uh, pay students um, for their work in translating for the community. And, and Natalie, are you uh, looking at, well, let me ask you, what, what language are, languages are you currently translating? Fantastic. So we have three languages in the classroom right now. We have Marshallese, we have Korean, and Japanese. However, there are a lot of other languages in the community that we would love to see in the classroom next year. So some of the most spoken languages in our community are Marshallese, Kashrayan, Ilocano, Tagalog, Spanish, Hawaiian, Japanese, among others as well. Um, so we would love to see all, all, all of those languages in the classroom next year so that we can really build out our communications in multiple languages. And do you envision a point in time when you're expanding beyond the, the, the school that you're at and, and maybe uh, even even venture across you know, the state and, and, and elsewhere, beyond? Mm, that is the dream, that's the vision, to really see this program move across the state so that multilingual communication is not an exception or a one-off experience but that it becomes the norm in our communities across the island. Very good. And, and uh, Stephanie, you know, in the last uh, minute or so, how many, how many companies were in Cohort 2? So Cohort 2 had seven ventures with nine entrepreneurs, including the ones we haven't mentioned yet. So Ryan Manzato, who's launched a nonprofit called Leadership Reinvented, which is a student-run organizational management consulting company. Um, Elena Farden with Kaya'ulu Watermark Cooperative mm-hmm. for building a co-op that helps protect the cultural IP of Hawaii's creatives. And, of course, you've had them on your show, the great educators, Karina Hernandez, Kevin Argetta, and Juan oh, yeah. Hall, right, right. of Maestro's Vibe. Uh-huh. And, and in terms of uh, your, your next uh, cohort, which is coming up in the spring, I mean, what's, uh, where can people go to check that out and, and maybe even go, go as far as uh, applying? We'll have all our information up at 
www.siphawaii.com. So that's S-I-I-P-Hawaii.com. The application for Cohort 3 will open at the end of January and run through the end of February. So plenty of time to apply. Sounds, sounds good. If you're out there wanting to partner, you can be a mentor, an expert. Okay. Mentor, Thanks, Thanks Stephanie. And, of course, I'll put that uh, link up on our show notes. Stephanie Shipton is the director over at Teach for America. We got... Uh, Del Balderston from uh, 88 Block Walks and Natalie Lalagos from Transformative Translation. Thank thank them all for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll do a retrospective of 2021. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. You can also find us uh, or email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app. In the meantime, you stay safe, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Mm-hmm.